All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Ding dong. Hello. Oilers Nation Radio episode 160 on Bag Milk here with Tyler Ramchuk, Rick, and Zach Lang. We've got an hour of hockey talk coming for you just like Mariah said we would. First, I got to say shout out to Sherwood Ford, the giant. Follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. It is time to get your vehicle serviced. It is now October 1st. The leaves are falling. The seasons are changing. Make sure that you are not caught for the winter. Our friends at Sherwood Ford are there to help you. Check them out in beautiful Sherwood Park, Alberta. Mr. Uremchuk, what do you got for a giant question this week? Well, we are now a week into the Oilers preseason schedule. So the Sherwood Ford giant question of the week is this. What's been your biggest takeaway from week one of the Oilers preseason? Who wants to jump in first here? Zach, you are guest spotting in for the nation. Dan, we're going to mention him in a minute here on the podcast. Who you got biggest storylines from the preseason for you, sir? I mean, I think the biggest storyline for me right now has got to be Zach Hyman, Connor McDavid, and Jesse Pugliarvi. Uh, obviously, we've only seen them once. You know, they played together against Seattle, but they were absolutely dominant. And yeah, sure, it's Seattle's, you know, B squad that the Oilers were up against. But man, that trio was absolutely electric to watch. And I think it's uh, really good news for the Edmonton Oilers moving forward this season. Uh, those three guys are going to be huge players, and uh, it's going to be really fun to see them do their thing. I'm going to talk about... Hyman, McDavid, Pugliarvi a little bit more later because the chemistry they're developing, again, small sample sizes, the preseason, it's all that. I get it, but I want to talk about them at length a little bit later. I agree with you, Zach. Rick, what do you got? Biggest preseason storylines so far? Uh, one of the ones that has me the most excited is our, our depth goaltending. Um, anybody outside of Smith and Koskinen was a big question mark. I think Konovalov is showing that uh, he's worthy of where he is and he's worthy of a little bit of potential as is Skinner. 
Um, I think Rodriguez looked pretty good too. So I think that uh, our depth at goaltending has been a bit of a, a bright spot for me. The goaltending is interesting too, because the game against Winnipeg the other night, Konovalov, what did he allow, Zach, three or four or something like that? But like, okay, yeah. he allowed four, but the game would have been well out of hand had it not been for Konovalov. And the Oilers didn't dress an NHL lineup, whereas the Jets had a lot of their sh- shooters in. So I agree on the depth on goaltending. I'm really looking forward to seeing how Konovalov does in his first preseason game, or preseason, or season, I should say, with the Bakersfield Condors. Mr. Uremchuk, preseason storylines. Huh. I, I like Zach. I'm, I was really impressed with Zach Hyman in his first game. Granted, they're playing an American League team for the most part. Um, but it's clear there's some chemistry here and he's going to be a fan favorite real quick. It's not going to take a lot of time here in Edmonton. So as the preseason goes on, I'm really excited to see how Hyman, McDavid and Pugliarvi continue to click. And uh, I mean, you got to give some love to Lamborghini Perlini in this segment as well. I mean, the guy had had to perform if you wanted to get a job, right? You look at that group with guys like him and Shore and Turris and Benson's in that mix as well. And Colton Sevier. And Perlini's been the only one to like really jump off the page. And I don't think anyone who's competing for a spot has been bad by any stretch, but Perlini has been the only one to like jump out and make you be like, damn, he clearly wants to make this hockey team. He shoots. Well, he's a massive body. He moves. Well, I think a guy is to like, it's gotta be like six, four, right? Is he? Cause he doesn't move. Like he moves better than a big man. Um, That's for sure. Cause I'll tag in here too. While you're looking that up, my, my preseason storyline that I obviously got to talk about is Lamborghini Perlini. The guy is shooting for a spot. He's on a two-way deal with the Oilers. And I don't know anybody who's battling for a spot on that fourth line that has outperformed him, or you can say has outperformed him. I know we had it in the mailbag a couple of weeks ago. If Josh Archibald isn't around, who's going to fill that fourth line uh, right wing spot? And a lot of us were like, I don't know, maybe Kyle Turris. And Turris had a couple of points the other night, but he's not sticking out the way that Perlini is, you know? And I know Perlini's a lefty, but having a guy that can score has done it in the NHL before. He has a 17 and a 14 goal season under his belt. I mean, those were years ago, five, six years ago, but he's an interesting dude. Who knows what happened in the time since he had those uh, 14 and 17 goal campaigns with the Coyotes bounced over to Europe last season, but he's interesting. He's definitely making a bid for a job and probably doing a better job of it than some of the others. Zach, what do you think about Lamborghini Perlini? I, I mean, yeah, it's exciting to see uh, what he's doing right now. I think it's great. Um, you know, obviously, I think he's a guy that will challenge for a, a spot on the Oilers roster here. Um, but then again, you know, let's not forget about the preseason that Ty Ratty had here in Edmonton a number of years ago, right? I, I mean, it's it's the same sort of a situation, a journeyman player who, who comes to town, you know, uh, plays at the big club and, you know, he rode the coattails of McDavid and I can't remember what he scored in that one preseason, but it was no. something ridiculous, like 10 points in five games or something wild like that. You know, so I'm not, uh, I'm not holding my breath that Perlini is going to be the savior of this franchise, but Hey, you know what? There were some things you saw that were nice in his game. He's got a great shot. He's got a wicked release. Um, he's obviously a guy who has uh, scored a bit in the NHL in the past. And Hey, if he can come in and do that for the Oilers in a third or fourth line role, that's a, that's a big win for the club. And the thing is like Raddy lit it up that year with McDavid and we had him slated into uh 
you know, be on the top line and all that. Perlini's doing it playing with the guys he'll play with in the year in a fourth line role as well. Granted, again, his biggest game was against basically American League competition. I'm not, I'm going to bring that up a bunch of times, but regardless, still impressive. But hey, to be fair, they did have Chris Drieger in net that night too, right? So, you know, that's a National Hockey League goaltender. Uh, It's not like, you know, they were going up against some, some nobody AHLer there. And the thing about Perlini too is the goals he is scoring are those are NHL finisher goals. Those aren't just like little drips and drabs that are bouncing off his skate or something like that. Although, again, if you're listening to this and you're yelling at your phone or your radio or wherever you're listening to the podcast, we know it's the preseason. Zach already mentioned Ty Ratty. I can think of Jesse Yoensu or Jesse Yoensu oh, had the hell of a preseason a while back. I can think of the years that Anton Lander came in and shot the lights out in the preseason. I was at a preseason game when Magnus Pyarvi Svensson scored a hat trick. I know all of these things, but we're talking preseason game four tonight against the Seattle Kraken is underway. So what are we going to talk about? Of course, we're excited about the preseason. Uh, Rick, you've seen a lot of players come and go like Brendan Perlini. What are your thoughts on what he's done so far? I don't know what it is, but I think I'm trying to temper my expectations right now. We've been hurt a lot. We've seen a lot of guys. We've gotten on board with a lot of guys quite early, and things have kind of fizzled out. Um, if he can keep playing like this, he's definitely a top 14. Is he going to keep popping the, the the points at the rate he is? Probably not. Um, but I just yeah, we got to keep going here. This is game four out of eight, I think it is right. I like the yeah. I like the fact that the guys that are really needing to prove the most are getting the most ice time. So guys that we kind of need to see what, who exactly they are getting the most ice time out there. So let's, uh, let's keep going. We've got a couple more games to go. If he can keep it up, then things are looking good, but we've seen things fizzle out before. So I can't get uh, too excited too fast. It's, it's weird because we've talked about the preseason a lot, how it's too long, blah, blah, blah. I know this isn't for us. It's for evaluation. It's for the players and all that. I get it. It's hard not to get excited. You know, I like it. I like seeing Oilers fans happy on Twitter. The other night when the Kraken played, the Oilers had their essentially their top. Well, they did. They had their top six playing, looked really, really good. And it's just fun. It's fun. So I want to know what you guys think. If you're listening to this right now and you're like, oh, you guys missed, uh, you know, Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen went a couple games without allowing a goal or, or Cody CC is getting turnstiled if you're John Scott. Um, I want to know what you think. So hit us up on social media at ON Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We want to involve you. So I'll read a bunch of your answers out if they come in next week on the podcast. I just want to know what your preseason storylines are looking like so far. The uh, the other thing too, like last year, the Oilers scored 183 goals in the 56-game season. Um, that had them seventh in the NHL. They were five goals away from being a top five team. And the only players who were in double digits for even strength goals last year were McDavid at 24, Dreisaitl and Nurse each had 15, Pugliarvi had 13, and that was it for double digits. And now you look at the team this year. Well, one, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nurse, and Pugliarvi, I could definitely see them doing that again. And you know, can Nugent Hopkins bounce back? And now yes. you have Zach Hyman in the mix. Can Yamamoto bounce back? Fogel's a 10 goal at even strength candidate as well. I mean, does a guy like Ryan McLeod find his scoring touch? Like even forget Perlini. It's just really easy to look at this forward group and just keep getting really excited. I know I've been hyping them up for a while and I argued, argued with John Scott about this, but I think they can be a top five, top three scoring team in the NHL. And it's, it's not that much of a stretch when you look at how much they scored last year with such little depth. 
if you haven't listened to that, by the way, if you haven't listened to that episode of Real Life with John Scott, I think that was last... Was that on Monday, Tyler? Yeah, it was on Monday. Go back and listen to that because hearing Tyler argue with John Scott about how good the Oilers are, it, it, it'll warm your soul up a little bit. Tyler was not backing down from John Scott, nor should he. God bless you for it. So go back and listen to that episode of Real Life if you haven't heard it already. And again, if you've got a preseason storyline you're watching that you're looking at, I want to hear about it. I want to hear about it. So hit us up at ON Radio Podcast. And in the meantime, while you're thinking, maybe you need some food for the temple, hit up our friends at DoorDash. It's Friday. You don't want to cook. I don't want you to cook. You probably can't cook anyway, unless you're a soup guy like Zach, in which case do your thing. But if you're not, order in some food and use the promo code ONRADIODD. ONRADIODD, that'll get you 25% off your order and free delivery. That's your first order. So, sorry. I was going to say, and that's not all because we have another promo code because DoorDash is teaming up with Oodle Noodle. Delicious. You can get $7 off your order of $30 or more when you use DoorDash and Oodle Noodle. All you have to do is use the promo code Oodle2021. And here's the other thing. One, load up an order. 30 bucks of Oodle Noodle, then you're saving the seven bucks. You're eating good for like four days with that kind of with that kind of order. Also, you can use this promo code up to 10 times between now and December 31st. Come on. I used it on Wednesday. I ordered a lot of Oodle Noodle on Wednesday and I got $7 off my order. Saved me a few shekels. I got nine more times to use it and I will use it all nine times. I promise you. All right, let's move on, gentlemen. Past the preseason storylines to something that Zach mentioned. I guess it's another preseason storyline if I'm being honest, but you know what? McDavid, Hyman, Pooley, their short time together against the Kraken so far, man, they looked good. Again, I know preseason, Riley Shane was the first line center, all that shit, I get it. But you know what? If those three can develop chemistry and start figuring out where each other is. And you could tell Connor and Jesse already kind of have that going a little bit from last year. If Zach Hyman can figure out where Connor needs him to be, this line is going to be one of the best in the NHL. And I don't think that's me being hyperbolic on that either. I just think, I think this line has the potential to do amazing things. This isn't Ty Ratty slotting in beside Connor and us hoping that something can happen. The he's got two legitimate wingers that aren't named Leon Dreisaitl beside him for the first time in forever. I want to start with Zach since you brought up the topic. What do you think of this trio? And do you think that I'm overestimating their ability to be one of the NHL's best lines? No, I mean, I think anytime you have Connor McDavid on a line, it has a chance to be the best line in the NHL. Um, you add in a guy like Jesse Pugliarvi, and we got to see so much last year from Pugliarvi. Uh, taking a major step forward in his game. And, and we saw that chemistry between Pugliarvi and McDavid um, last year. So that was tremendous to see. And then you add in a guy like Zach Hyman, who has all of the experience in the world playing with elite level players um, in Toronto alongside, you know, guys like Matthews and Tavares and Marner. You know, Hyman is going to come in here with that experience of knowing uh, how to play with elite level players, because at the end of the day, um, it's different playing with a guy like Connor McDavid than it is playing with a guy like Kyle Turris is your sentiment, uh, to say the least. So I don't think it's an understatement to say this could be the best line in the NHL this season. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, best line in the NHL, I think Connor, Connor McDavid's there, right? So it obviously is the chance to be that. And it's, it's just really easy to get excited. I kind of went through my thing. They're hyping up all the guys on this roster who can score multi-goals. But, I mean, let's just look at Pugliarvi and Hyman. I mean, 
Is it out of the realm of possibility to think that those two could combine for 50 this year, 25 a pop or 30 for one, 20 for the other, right? Like, I don't think that's the most insane thing to say. I don't think so either. Absolutely. I think it's completely no, definitely. Ricky, I was going to say, Ricky, you're at the game against the Kraken. So I want to ask both you and Tyler what it was like being at Rogers Place. But first, I want to get your, your thoughts on seeing that line together for the first time in person. Well, we already know that Hyman and McDavid worked out all summer together, right? So I think they would have found a little bit of chemistry doing that. Um, they probably would have worked on a lot of things that are going to they're going to be using going forward. Um, Pools when it comes to when it comes to the big man there, he just has to he just has to skate. He has to get around out there, and, and he looks quick. I think he does right. He's and he's only getting bigger. He's only getting stronger. He's filling out. He's going to be impossible to knock off that puck. He's a big body, the long reach. He knows what he's doing. He's got the offensive abilities. We've, we watched it last year. We've seen it in, in, in the previous uh, levels of hockey he's played. This is a line that I have a lot of a lot of excitement for, and I think uh, I think they could do a lot of damage. I think they could do a lot of damage, and like just watching Zach Hyman. I know we've I've read a lot about what he did in Toronto, and I talked to Caroline Schwed about what kind of player Zach Hyman is and what the Oilers are getting from him. But watching him go in and fish out pucks and be relentless on the forecheck again in a small sample size, but I just can't imagine a scenario where he's doing that, fishing out pucks to Connor, and it doesn't boost everyone's scoring. This is a guy that we haven't really had on the, in the lineup and the Oilers kind of have two of them now in their forward group with both Hyman and, and Warren Fogel are relentless four checkers. So Zach, I want to ask you, do you think having a guy like Hyman, obviously his skill, he can play with skilled players, but do you think that's going to up Connor McDavid's production because of the way he plays? Yeah, it very well could. Like, I, I think that's a, a great way to look at it, right? We know Hyman is a big body, he's a strong forechecker, as you mentioned, too. And I think something that's going to be interesting, too, is like what we saw from Pooley last year. Uh, we saw Pooley playing that role of the heavy forechecker a lot. And on top of that, Pooley is actually showing that he can be quite a defensively responsible player as well, uh, which is really interesting to see. So, you know, maybe it takes a little bit of that pressure off Pooley to be such a heavy forechecker um, and allowing him to focus more on some defensive responsibilities too i like all that a little bit more two-way oh big sneezes from zach those big sneezes excellent using though zach i had to cut my take short so that i could get those sneezes out (laughs) that was that was pro level muting there tyler appreciates that for his post game Mm -hmm. all right uh moving on a little bit sticking with training camp I want to give a shout out to our friends at Cornerstone Insurance at cornerstoneins.ca. What I need you to do is head on over there and check out the products that they've got available for your insurance needs, residential, commercial, life insurance, auto, whatever you need, they got it. For 90 years and four generations, Cornerstone Insurance has been a family and employee-owned business here in Edmonton. And on the left-hand side of the screen, there's a button. Citizens of the Nation, get yourself a discount. All right, sticking with training. Can I just say, I love your efficiency today. We're 17 minutes in. You've crushed out three of the ad reads we have to do. Well, you know what? But in work. We got lots to talk about. I feel like I listened back to last week's podcast. I didn't think I spaced them out well last week. I thought that towards the end of the podcast, I was crowbarring them in. So this time I wanted to get some people out up front. We, we got to make sure that we give some love to Sherwood Ford, DoorDash, now Cornerstone Insurance. We got some more coming. Let's get to it. <laughs> we're, we're sticking with training camp today. Well, interesting addition to training camp today, boys. Duncan Keith made his preseason debut at camp after getting vaccination uh, vaccinated. 
And I got to say, he's not really endearing himself to a lot of Oilers fans online. So I've got some quotes here from Duncan Keith about how he's feeling. You know, last two weeks were not ideal, but he did a lot of good training as best he could to stay ready. All right. Nothing wrong there. Everybody can agree with that. Keith says he feels like he's done a lot to keep his immune system strong and healthy. Okay. As it was frustrating to have to take the vaccine to play hockey. My reaction is, oh, peanut. Uh, Keith says travel regulations were a big part of his decision to get vaccinated. Okay, makes sense. Didn't want to be trapped in the room. Wanted to be able to go play the games in the U.S. Didn't want to miss about 30 plus. I get all that. Keith also added there should have been more pushback from Players Association to support players who were reluctant to get vaccinated. And I think that was one of the ones that really annoyed Oilers fans, especially when you look at what's going on in the hospital situation here in Alberta. ICUs are almost maxed out. A little bit tone deaf from Duncan Keith to not. I don't expect him necessarily to be aware of everything that's going on with the healthcare system in Alberta. But come on, man. Come on, man. I Again, he got the vaccine. So even if he doesn't like it, at the end of the day, if you got it and you're pissed that you got it, at least you finally made the decision to do it. I just, I like use the word, the word tone deaf and and that's it for me. It's like, you know, man, someone probably should have said, if there are questions about it, Duncan, just do us as the Oilers a solid and just say, you don't want to get into it. And then it's not a story. And then you move on and all the talk's going to be about your play on the ice it's just annoying that we even have to talk about this and a veteran guy like Duncan Keith, who should know how the media and how fans and how social media would take stuff like this. He should have just said, I don't want to get into it. Let's talk about hockey or I'm excited to be playing hockey and I'm going to leave it at that. Like it just, it, it just felt like an unnecessary quote to throw out there. And yeah. I was talking to a couple, I was just texting back and forth with a couple of the local media guys here in the city. And the kind of the consensus I got from them was that, Hey, he started out fine being like, Hey, you know what? The two week quarantine wasn't ideal, but I did my best to stay fit and stay And They said they probably could have left it at that. But it's when he circled back with some of the other stuff that that's where he may or may not have gotten himself in trouble, depending on how you look at it. It's like Tyler said, for a guy who's been in the league for a thousand years, I kind of thought he would have just been like, I got it. Uh, you know, whatever. But in Alberta, it's it's touchy right now, especially with what's going on. So uh, I don't know. It just seemed weird. It seemed weird for a guy that was brought in for leadership and intangibles to go that route. Uh, Zach, I know you you and I were talking about it on Slack a little bit. What were your thoughts on it? Yeah, it's disappointing, to be honest. And Tyler, I think you make a great point in that, you know, it's creating a story that doesn't need to be there. Um, you know, Duncan, obviously... It, we can all tell that you weren't elated to get the vaccine given the fact that you weren't vaccinated. So, um, you know, it's tone deaf in a province that is undergoing such a major health crisis right now. Uh, and it's really disappointing to see um, somebody, as you mentioned, do uh, bag milk, you know, somebody that's been brought in to be a leader and to show leadership hit um, the first comments that he makes to the media in Edmonton, uh, you know, in the preseason is regarding vaccinations and how he feels the NHLPA should have, pushed back harder. Well, you know what? Just be lucky that that you have a job because you take a look at a guy like Zach Ronaldo in Columbus who declined to get the vaccine. And now he's not even going to be playing hockey in North America because today uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets said that they wouldn't have him playing for their AHL club because they don't want an unvaccinated player around and uh, any other guys in their their franchise. So, you know, now now Ronaldo's going to be looking for a job overseas and same thing happened to uh 
a defensive prospect bode wild with new york islanders uh he came into camp he was unvaccinated and we all know how lou lamorello feels about people who don't buy into the team um and now he's playing hockey overseas in europe and he's gonna be playing in the second swedish league for uh probably the foreseeable future so it's disappointing to see these comments from keith at the end of the day um and i i it's really it's really frustrating especially when you look at what's happening here in this province uh since zach brought it up Yarmo Kekalainen on Zach Ronaldo. I'll just read this quickly. His quote, uh, if you want to see the full thing, Elliot Friedman tweeted out the screenshot of it. But he says, our position has been very clear that our organization is committed to doing everything we can to ensure the health and safety of our players, coaches, staff, and fans. Given the impact of COVID-19, or given the impact COVID-19 continues to have in our communities, we believe the best course of action given Zach's vaccination status is to not have him report to Cleveland at this time. While we respect an individual's right to make a personal choice, with regards to being vaccinated or not, we have the responsibility to do what we believe is best for our organization. We will honor Zach's contract, but if he wants to pursue any other opportunities to play this season, we will allow him to do so. Uh, so that is the Columbus Blue Jackets stance on that. Rick, you've been the most kind of balanced and just not overreacting to a lot of this stuff since it all started. What are your thoughts on the Duncan Key thing? Honestly, he got the shot, so why do we care after that? I just think people want to Whatever. I just have, yeah, I look at things differently. He got the shot. Story's over. Move on. I think that's that's, fair. What, that's what I hoped it would be. But everybody just know. wants to yell for other reasons and make things the, the who cares? Just move on. It doesn't matter. He's got the shot. Who cares? Move on. Yeah, I like I, I understand and I agree with that too to an extent. But like at the end of the day, the comments are unnecessary from Keith. Like it's it's unnecessary for him to come. But you can have say, you can have a different you can have a different opinion. He still got the shot. I don't Abs- you know, absolutely. we can have different opinions. I'm not so for sure. sure. I but don't know sends- exactly where I stand, but I got my shots. That's what it oh, is. Oh yeah, I, I'm double vaccinated, and I'm 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 happy to be right. But like I again, I just think it sends the wrong message for him to come out uh, speaking about it the way that he did in a province where you know there was a record high 34 deaths the other day. Like I just I just think it sends the wrong message, and I, and I agree. Like at the end of the day, it's really a non-story, and it really shouldn't need to be a story. Um, but the fact that we have the health Healthcare system on the verge of collapse uh, here in this province. It, that's to me what turns it into like a legitimate, a legitimate story. I'll just wrap it up. We'll move on. Uh, Jason Greger, I think he kind of has a good take on it. That it's how I feel. I mean, I'm with Rick too. He got the shot, so I just wish he would just shut up. <laughs> the problem is we live now in a time where too many people care about what sports figures say regarding things that they have no education or training in. And this is one of those scenarios. So I think Jason wraps it up quickly. So I'll just move on after this. Keith doesn't have to love the fact that he needs to get vaccinated. What matters the most is that he did. I'd much rather have people say they didn't want to take it, but still took it rather than not at all. Most important is he got the jab. He doesn't need to be elated about it. So there's, we'll end it off. If you want to give your thoughts again, hit us up ON Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I mentioned briefly, though, that a couple of boys on this year podcast, Tyler and Rick, both got to go to the game against the Kraken. I just want to know what it was like being back at Rogers Place for the first time in, I don't know, year and six months, year and seven months. Uh, Rick, I'll start with you. Yeah, I'd have to say that's probably closer to. I think 20 months now. I don't know if I made it in March of 2020, so maybe February. Guaranteed one of those two months. I felt great, man. Uh, I liked walking up the stairs. I liked walking up to the building. I liked being in my seats. I liked chirping everything. 
there wasn't an aspect of it I didn't enjoy. Um, yeah, after the last couple of years of, of, of having to watch it on only on TV, it, w- it was nice to be back out there. And it's uh, it's nice to know that Tyler wasn't one of the only, you know, six people allowed in the building that we were allowed in there too. So <laughs> take a little bit of that away from him. Well, that was also hilarious because Tyler was doing a humble brag yesterday on Real Life. He's like, oh, I was at Rogers Place. You know, we were just like, yeah, yeah, you're in the media. We get it. But uh, <laughs> you also went as a fan with your old man, Tyler. What was yeah. your thoughts just kind of being back at Rogers Place, having a beer, doing things that are just a normal thing to do for the first time in a long time? Yeah, it was super weird. And I don't want that to come with like any sort of negative connotation. I think the organization did a good job. Like Rick, you can probably agree. Getting in and having to show your vaccine stuff added no time to the line whatsoever. Like you were in quick. As fast as you can make that situation. Yeah, like it was fine. I, I There was no point where I was like, oh man, this line is going to suck all year. Like it was just, no, you got in. The lines for concession were like totally normal. Um, I think there were some people who... Like, like the masking, like people wearing a mask when they're walking around wasn't great. But at the end of the day, like whenever I'd kind of be like, oh, God, there's a lot of people not wearing their mask or there's just a lot of people here, period. I just kind of remind myself, like, you know, most of the people here are double vaccinated. If not, they've had a negative test. And I, I honestly think it would probably be more towards the side of most of the people there are just double vaccinated. So it took me a while to kind of get comfortable being in a room with 14,000 people again. Um, But once like the hockey started and the crowd got going, like the crowd was unreal, man. Like that was a regular season, big game crowd. They were really, really good. Once the hockey started, once a couple let's go Oilers chants got going, you kind of sat there and you're like, all right, this is going to be like a good year. Things are going to be back to normal. Even the wave didn't suck. Even the wave, it was uh, fun to be around for the wave. wave It's been two years, man. Even the wave was good. I was watching the stream and Guys, I just want to know about the vibe at Rogers Place because watching it on, I mean, on my laptop, it didn't have a preseason feel. It seemed, it felt like people were having a good time in there. Oh, yeah. It felt like a regular game. Yeah, it did. Uh, it, the crowd was really good. And when they scored, like the place went bananas. When McDavid was introduced, the place went bananas. It was awesome. You know, I just like, so last year, I'm writing about this for my random thoughts article in Oilers Nation this weekend. But last year I did, I tried to convince myself and I I spent the whole year doing it that the robot fans, Oh, it's fine. You know, it's like, it's not the same obviously, but it's fine. It's the, that noise is like, it is what it is, but hearing an, a real crowd back at Rogers place cheering in the right spots with no delay between the time something happens on the ice and the time when a guy gets to push a button to make the crowd go up it was nice. It just adds such a different flavor to watching it. And I missed it. I really, really like, I missed it. I'd like them to, I'd like them to just make the crowd be quiet for like 10, 15 seconds ago. Just so you guys know, this is what it sounded like when you guys weren't here and just do a little song and just show us what it was like. Cause I'm curious to see what it was like being inside there back when, you know, it was Tyler and his four best friends that were the only ones allowed in there, you know, it's, it was the media and that was it. Right. So I want to know what it was like. I want to, I want to have an experience. I want to know how much better this is right now. Tyler, of the four of us, you're the only one that could answer that question. Yeah, I mean, like I when I posted that video when uh, McDavid got his 100th point of the season and it was just like, again, the best way to describe it, it's like watching a rec league game at, you know, 10 o'clock at Terwilliger, but it's the best players in the world playing the rec <laughs> league game, right? Like you heard every pass, every sort of chip against the boards when the visiting team would score, you'd hear their bench go crazy. And then just to like, try to think and put myself back in that spot a few months ago and compared to what it was like when the Oilers scored 
I, in that preseason game, it was just like, holy shit, man. Like sports is just so much better with fans, even on TV. Like, I mean, watching the Jays and seeing yeah. them a back in their home stadium, but also when they took it from 15 to 30,000, the yeah. buzz in there is like unbelievable watching on TV. It's, it's way different with fans in the building. Well, even, yeah, I mean, the Jays angle, it was fun watching them interview some of the players after the win over the Yankees, not last night, but on, on Wednesday. And they were just like, man, it's just a different vibe in here with that many people. Um, Zach, you and I were tier two fans at this point. We're only watching. Have you noticed the difference? Just kind of watching the stream of a difference of having fans actually in the building. Yeah, I just I just thought it was kind of cool to just see people in the stands. Uh, it's exciting. It's it's exciting that uh, you know people are finally able to go back and watch hockey games here. So you know, it, it's it, it's hard to tell, especially given that it was uh, you know like it was kind of interesting because it was like the jumbotron feed of Rogers' place. So you really kind of got to feel and see the people that were uh, you know excited to be back in the stands and and the fun little contests and stuff like that. So yeah, I think it's it's great to see and it's awesome for the community as well. One thing I will say though about the live experience at Rogers' place is it's uh, this is no fault of anybody's, but it's going to take me some time to get over my Ryan Jesperson related oh. sadness, you know? Yeah. I mean, you don't having a good in arena host is one of those things that you maybe don't appreciate enough until you don't have a good in arena host. And I didn't even really pay much attention to the, to the lady that was doing in the preseason game. Cause that's, I'm, that's the thing is that when Jess will hit the screen, he got your attention. Yeah. And I, and same thing. And I halfway through the game, I was like, Oh shit. I forgot. Like these things happen here. Yeah. I don't know who she, but you know, you have to go out and grab people's attention somehow. And, and I'm sure, one, I'm sure once we get used to to the new person doing it, like it, that'll come, like we'll start to get the excitement again and she'll find her voice and her rhythm. I'm sure there were some nerves as well doing her first game, for sure. but it's just, man, you're right. Big milk. It'll take a while to get over not having Jespo there. It's just, it's like, it, it's just what happens. You know, we're creatures of habit. And it was like, I remember when Mark Schultz used to do the end game and then it went to Jespo <laughs> and you're like, Oh, okay. The guy from Chad is doing it now. Okay. And then you get used to the way he did it. And it's just, it's going to take a minute. Jespo for, for the record. I did. I did contact someone and he, he said he'd do it for free. Mandrick said he would do it for free, but he asked, they have to give him a couple beers. <laughs> so I don't know who's listening. I don't know who's listening right now or where we send that email, but Mandrick said he's in for well, a couple beers. That's it. I mean, uh, you've got a couple of phone numbers in your in your phone there, Rick. That we can we can get some uh, we can get the word up. Hello, hello, hello. I just, I'd love to see Mandrick. Oh, even just once, just give him the mic once. All right, Adam Mandrick, you deserve the job. We'll push for you. I don't know if it's going to happen, but we'll push for you. Uh, well, it's Friday. We're halfway through the preseason after tonight's game, one against Winnipeg tomorrow, but. It's gotten me thinking about the actual regular season, which gets me thinking about our new partnership with PointsBet that we announced the other day. PointsBet mm-hmm. Canada is the official going to be the official gambling partner of the Nation Network and DailyFaceOff.com. Tyler, Zach, well, Rick, we all we're all betters on this podcast. Yep. I know Tyler's got some of the props that we can look at for the upcoming season. I want to get to some of those because I need to talk risky business. I love is it. Is it rude to ask for a promo code for the company? Like, do we get like? I'm sure we will once they're because they're points bets going to do it the right way, right? Like they're going through and they're getting uh, it's going to be a part of the new legal single game sports betting in Canada. So you can't bet there yet. You can just go there for the odds. But I'm sure we'll have plenty of promo codes to give away once uh, once they're all up and running. 
there's going to be a bunch of opportunities, yeah. Rick. I just, I've heard some of like the plans that they've got for us as we move closer to the single game betting actually uh, coming through in Canada. It's going to be fun. It's but- through. It's through in Alberta right now. Someone's it, already done it already. Uh, play Alberta. I'm sure yeah, I'm like sure the there's government. Yeah, I'm sure play Alberta was. Other, yeah, fair, fair. I'm sure there's steps for other, but, but mm-hmm. yeah, it is already here. They got to get through. I, I don't know the legal Very, jargon. very loose understanding is that they've just got red tape to get through to actually be able to get it going. Um, oh, for sure. It's ADLC so stuff. Whenever that is, it is. But we got props that we can talk about. Yes. Now. Tyler, I love props. Yes. I mean, um, I, I missed my NFL prop again last night because fuck me. I just can't win anything right now, but maybe I'll have better luck in hockey. Maybe what'd I'll you take? I had over 20 points in the first half. <laughs> I thought that, I thought that was going to be a higher scoring game there. I, I, I don't know what happened there. Bad beat alert. The, it was like one point off for the over too. Like, like <sighs> on the team, on the total, like it was like super close. I'm just not having good luck with my NFL prop. So I'm really hoping that with our friends at points bet, they're going to have analysis. They're going to have content. We're going to have a lot of the nation. I'm hoping I can do better in hockey. Tyler, what do you got? Stanley cup odds. Let's start with that. Uh, the yes. Oilers come in according to points bet at 25 to one to win the Stanley cup this year. There are 10 teams above the Oilers in terms of Stanley cup odds and a handful of teams also at 25 to one. So the Oilers are in a group with Minnesota, Washington and Dallas. Um, I guess just throw it out there 25 to one on the oil and then being right around Minnesota, Washington and Dallas. Is that a good spot for them? Or are you guys surprised as you maybe think they'd be a little higher up? I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a fair spot for them. There are question marks with the team and the defense and the goaltending and blah, blah, blah. So I imagine that probably affects their cup odds. Uh, 25 to one though, you know, I'll put some money on that. I will put some money on that. I do every year. So why wouldn't I Zach? What are you thinking? 25 to one. You like it? I don't, I'd always throw a couple bucks down. You never know what can happen. Right. I mean, I think the biggest thing for the Oilers, like the biggest question mark is the goaltending. Like, can the goaltending stay yeah. strong for them through the season and into a playoff run? And and uh, that's where I may be a little bit cool. But, I mean, I think those are pretty solid odds all around. Yeah, I just think is if Mike Smith can stay healthy, I think that's the important part. It's just the old boy's body needs to stay healthy. Uh, before I get to Rick, what, who's who's got the best odds? Uh, the best odds, I can rattle them off here. Colorado's yeah, yeah. at 5-1. to one. Vegas and Tampa are 6-1. to one. I wouldn't got, bet on Vegas. Six to one. Either. Fuck uh, that. No. Um, Tamp or Toronto's eleven to one. They're fourth, but that's usually a product of just a lot of people bet on them. Uh, then, you, then it goes Bruins, Hurricanes, Panthers, Islanders, Penguins, Rangers, and then the group with the Oilers. I can't believe the Rangers, the Rangers. are that high. Yeah, yeah that's Rangers surprising. That and the Penguins won't have Crosby or Geno to start the year. I get that these are Stanley Cup odds. They could always just squeak in, but their division's hard. And I, I don't think they're even like the Oilers are a lock to make the playoffs. Like they should be. It is what I mean, right? Like they're clearly one of the better teams in their division. They shouldn't have a problem getting in. I think teams like Pittsburgh and Florida and New York, they might have a hard time getting into the playoffs, which is why I was surprised to see them above Edmonton. Uh, the Oilers playing the Kraken tonight. So that is where the Kraken listed out on there, Tyler. Uh, the Seattle Kraken are all the way down or actually not all the way down. They're sandwiched right in between the Blackhawks and Predators. The Kraken are 50 to one. And uh, on that topic, one bet that I do like Stanley Cup wise, the Winnipeg Jets are 40 to one to win the Stanley Cup. They got a good goalie. They improved their blue line and they got a pretty deep forward crew. They've gone on a couple there. They've won some playoff rounds in the last couple of years. I don't mind the Jets actually at 40 to one. 
If you're betting on Stanley Cup uh, winners, we want to know who you're betting. So ON Radio Podcast, hit us up Twitter and Instagram. I want to know where you're betting. What else you got, Tyler? Uh, we can go on to just the Oilers straight up odds to make the playoffs. Um, it's really not even worth betting on them at this point. Um, I lost my place here on my screen, but they are the, I think they're a hundred dollars would profit you 25 bucks. Nah, they are minus 400 to make the playoffs. Nah, that's not worth it. I mean, I, I think that's money in your pocket, mm-hmm. but the juice isn't worth the squeeze on that one. Boys, you, would you, are you betting on that one? No, I, Juice ain't worth squeezing on that one. No way. Yeah. No, there's not enough value on it, right? One that I would be interested in seeing is is Pacific Division winners. Because I imagine Vegas is going to be the favorites there. But like two years ago in the Pacific, the Oilers were right behind Vegas. So you got Vegas at minus 175 and then Edmonton at plus 375. I don't mind that at all. To win the division plus 375, that's where you go. Yeah, that's where I go. That's great value. Or if you want something a little bit safer, points bet has their over under at 99 and a half for the year. 99 and a half. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Playoff cut line is generally what around 94, 95, somewhere in there. Yeah. Roughly. Roughly. Yeah. I'd bet. I'd bet over 99 and a half. Yeah. I think that's pretty safe. What else you got? Uh, So we got the points total there. We had odds to make the playoffs. We had the division odds as well um odds to win the western conference as well they had in there um and that one for the oilers they are nine to one and it was actually ten to one the other day when i checked but they're behind only colorado and vegas to come out of the west Hmm. i like the 375 to win the division though i'm not big on vegas this year i've said that a handful of times i think there is a chance if the goaltending holds edmonton's the best team in this division plus 375 i mean (laughs) that's just it's it's inviting me to bet on that that's what that is. It's inviting me to bet on it. Again, if you're betting on the Oilers, we're going to have a lot of betting content coming up this year with our friends from Points Bet Canada. Risky business. I used to do a little Instagram live show before the game. That's now going to be an article on the website. So I'm going to be hitting up the boys here on the podcast just to know what they're betting on. I'm going to include them in that article as well, but that's going to be going up on game days for Points Bet Canada. And again, Points Bet, if you're listening to this right now and you have a Twitter account, follow Points Bet Canada on Twitter. They challenged us to get them to a thousand followers on Twitter. And if they if we get them there, they're going to donate a thousand dollars to the charity of our choice. So we want to make that happen. We want to spend Points Bet's money. So go follow them at Points Bet Canada. Cool. 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 It is time now to get to Ask the Idiots for our friends at Buster's Pizza, 11 locations in and around the city. I encourage you to give them a try, whether it's a Donair. Boys did a Donair review the other a uh, couple of weeks there now. Waz had yeah, sauce man. all over his face. That's how you know it's a good Donair. Go check out Buster's Pizza, busterspizza.ca if you're looking for a location. Guarantee there's one near you, as I do every week. For Ask the Idiots, I've come up with a little list of questions. The boys haven't seen them. I'm just going to get their takes here on the fly, and then I'll wrap it up with my own thoughts on it. Uh, who's first on my screen? Tyler Remchuk. First question, Ask the Idiots for Buster's Pizza. How much stock do you put in preseason results? How much stock do you put in preseason results? So let's go like on a scale of 1 to 10 here. And I will say that in these early games, it is about a three and a half. And now we're three games in. We're kind of into the middle stretch here. So I'll say these next three games, it gets put up to like a five. 
And then in the last couple of games, it's like a seven. So it's kind of like a moving scale. At first, you're playing AHL competition. The lines are usually jumbled. But as we keep getting towards the end here, you get stiffer competition. You're starting to get some line set. There's some cuts have been made. As it gets going, I'll take it more seriously. Right now, I'm somewhere between a three and a half and a five. Zach Lang, you're next up on my screen. How much stock do you put in preseason results? Scale of one to 10. Yeah, I agree with Tyler. I think, uh, especially early on, not a whole lot. It's 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 middling competition against middling competition. Um, I, I would argue that right about now is when things are going to start ratcheting it up. Um, you know, I'd say right now we're looking at about an eight or a nine in, in terms of the seriousness here. Uh, after the game Wednesday night, head coach Dave Tippett said that Saturday was their mark for, quote, get sharp mode. Um, so that's when we're really going to start to see what I imagine are closer to game day lines um we've seen some more trimming of the the camp rosters i imagine there will probably be another set of cuts after tonight's game here um and then we'll we'll see what happens but yeah this is about the time when things are going to start getting uh a little hot and heavy rick stock and preseason results i think you gotta take it with a grain of salt it's gonna be different for different players i see some of the veterans you're not going to care too much uh and then some of the younger players you're going to expect a lot more um, I think uh, you guys kind of nailed it on the head. It doesn't really mean a ton in ter- overall at the beginning because there are a lot of guys there who aren't going to be there around games six and seven and eight. But, uh, yeah, I think you're always expecting them to put out a, a, this, the proper effort. So I don't think you want to take it too lightly, but I'm not taking the uh, – I'm not getting overly uh, jacked up because of the first two games. Or too, um, bad, too mad at Buck of the last game. Uh, I'm I'm with everybody. I'm going to go a solid four out of 10 for preseason results. Again, remember, Jesse Yeowensu. You don't even know who that name is. I encourage you to Google it. I encourage you to Google it. Uh, that brings me to my next question. I'm going to reverse the order. Rick, I'm starting with you. How real is Brendan Perlini? Oh, I don't know. He's not going to be. He's a fourth line player, I think, at best. Um, if he can sneak up into the third line. That might be playing a little above his uh, his weight class, but I think if you keep him on the fourth line, that group of five forwards there, the you know the, those three and the and the two and the two uh, healthy scratches, that's that's kind of where he fits in. I'll jump in here uh, just because I'm selfish. I'm going to say Brendan Perlini could be a a fourth liner with some skill. Love to see that. Love to have a guy that can chip in some goals down on the fourth line. I th- I think that's where he's at. He's not going to be anything above that. Zach, you're next up. How real is Brendan Perlini? I don't know. I, it's yet to be seen. I, I, I mean, I was excited about the signing. I, I like the signing from the get-go. Uh, obviously, he's shown well. It's nice that he's doing this production uh, that he's had with guys like Devin Shore that he'd probably be playing with in the bottom six. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the cooler side right now, uh, especially after the, you know, the preseason games have been against, again, the, the weaker competition. So, you know, let's see if he gets into some games here over the next week or so and see if he can ratchet it up and, and keep up this production. Last word, Tyler, how real is Brendan Perlini? How real is Brendan Perlini? I He's a think, real boy. Yeah. I, I think he can be like a fourth line guy for them this year. I'm going to keep circling back to like, it's a Tyler Benson conversation as well. Can he be trusted to kill penalties? Can he be trusted in his own end? Like, it's great he's lighting the lamp in preseason, but once we get to NHL competition, are we going to start noticing, like, a ton of mistakes in his game? Or is he going to be able to keep this up? He's interesting. I don't know if he's legit and for real yet, but he's making it interesting. And I didn't think we'd be talking about Brendan Perlini this much. So, in a way, he's already won. Uh, For BustersPizza.ca, we are working through Ask the Idiots. Which Oilers prospect are you most excited about, Tyler? 
kind of want to say Xavier Bourgeois, actually. Um, you know, we got a chance to see him in that one preseason game. He ended up scoring. He skates well. He's a first round talent. I mean, he's obviously not going to factor into things this year, but you never know what the future holds. And uh, getting a chance to really fix your eyes on a first round pick for the first time is always exciting. So I'm going to go Xavier Borgo. Zach, most exciting prospect for you, my friend. Yeah, I'll agree with that. But I'll also throw another one in there too. Uh, on Borgo, I was a guest on a podcast after the, the game a couple nights ago. And, and I kind of said about Borgo, it's kind of hilarious to look at it because when he was drafted by the Oilers, you guys all remember the, the outrage and the reaction and the, oh my God, how could the Oilers have drafted this guy? But hey, look at what he's actually done in that brief showing in the preseason. You know, he's actually showing he could be a decent prospect and a decent player. And, you know, the overreaction machine uh, uh, turns here in Edmonton quite a bit. So obviously excited about him. But I think another one that I'm really excited for is Philip Robert this year. Um, he looks a lot bigger on the ice than I realized. Uh, and he looked pretty good. He was skating really well uh, in the preseason here so far. So I'm going to go with Broberg because it's going to be his first real year in North America. And he's going to be a big prospect for the Oilers down the road. I agree with Broberg in the sense that like he didn't play a lot last year in the Swedish league, but now he's under team control with the Condors. He is going to play a ton. It's going to be an interesting year for Broberg. Uh, Rick, most exciting prospect to you. Uh, you guys nailed a couple good ones there, but I'm going to stick with Konovalov. I think we've always wanted that goaltender, and I think he's he's proven to be um, in the right, you know, to proven to be given the the amount of potential that he, that he's been given. Uh, he's done everything he can so far. He's going to keep moving. We'll see what he does this season. Uh, I was going to say Xavier Borgo, but I'll change things up a little bit because everybody's saying it. So I'm going to say Raphael Lavoie. Last year with the Condors, he played 19 games, had five goals, five assists for 10 points. I want to see what he does in a full with a in a full year with the Condors. He has got an NHL sized body. He's a big kid. He can shoot. He's got the potential to be a top six, middle six kind of player if he develops, uh, continues to develop. So I'm going to go ahead and say Raphael Lavoie gets my vote next up Tyler you're uh no I'm gonna start with Zach this time John Scott was saying that Cody Cece is a problem on defense for the Oilers do you agree with John Scott that Cody Cece could be a problem Zachary I absolutely agree that Cody Cece could be a problem he got turnstiled uh against Seattle on their fourth or sorry against Winnipeg on their fourth goal by like a prospect. That was not a good look. Granted, yes, it's preseason. Yes, it's early. But this is something we've seen in Cody CC's past at every level that he's played at for, for every team, whether it was Toronto, whether it was for Pittsburgh, whether it was for Ottawa initially. Uh, look, the, I, I'm a Cody CC fan. Like I want to believe in Cody CC and that he can be a good player for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, but at the end of the day, the Oilers signed him to a pretty significant contract. Um, and there's a lot of expectations on him. And, Honestly, I think it'll be sooner rather than later uh, before Cody CeCe's a third-pairing defenseman for the Edmonton Oilers on the right side. Tyler, you worried about Cody CeCe? Yeah, I am, just because he's a guy who's had an up-and-down NHL career, and I understand he's only 27 years old, but they gave him four years, right? That That leaves me nervous. If he gets off to a bad start, we know the way this fan base can be. Looking back at guys like Chris Russell and such, um, he needs to get off to a good start and win this fan base over early, or else it could be a long four years with Cody CC here around. Rick, thoughts on Cody CC? Yeah, I mean, you can be nervous about every player, right? I'm not gonna, yeah. uh, I'm not, I'm not taking too much um, extra worry just because of a bad game here and there in the preseason. 
that's uh, going to matter from game one on October 13th going forward. Uh, we'll judge them based on that. The contract does scare me. Um, obviously, a player like that, we we need him to, to be a, a two, three type of defenseman, right? I do believe Bouchard's going to rise above him rather quickly. And yes, yeah, so we need him to be a quality defenseman where we have him playing. And that's what you want. But yeah, there's always going to be some worry. I will say, I just want to add one other quick thing into on, on CC and, and to Tyson Berry to an extent too. The Oilers actually did a pretty decent job on these contracts. Yeah, the, the term and the length is a little bit higher than you'd probably want them to be, uh, but they have no signing bonuses in either of the deals. And that makes the contracts actually fairly buyout friendly uh, down the road as well. So, you know, if we're looking two years from now and, and Cody CC is really struggling and the Oilers can't find a move for him, uh, like to a, a trade to another team, then you know that's an option that the Oilers could go as well. Uh, Evan Bouchard, we need you to develop, please, and thank you. First pairing defenseman, if you could just turn into that, like that'd be nice. Uh, sticking with Evan Bouchard, career high of two goals. He hasn't played a whole lot. How many goals do you think Evan Bouchard gets in 2021 22, Tyler? I will say he scores eight times. And if I was actually setting an over under, I think I would have it around eight and a half. He'll get a little bit of power play time. Um, I think they might even bring and he might be the guy that they eventually, you know, Barry gets a minute. Bouchard gets a minute. And the other thing is he loves throwing pucks on net, right? Like in 14 NHL in 14 games last year, he had 38 shots on goal. Just with that volume, eventually some of them are going to find the back of the net. So I'll say eight goals for Bouchard. I love the way he walks the line too and just lobs wristers through traffic. I think that's going to be because he's got a heavy shot too. I think those are going to get uh, get past NHL goaltenders here at some point. Zach, how many goals for Evan Bouchard? Well, that's an interesting line of eight. I, I want to take the over because I think that life's too short to bet the under on anything. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the eight's a pretty solid number. Honestly, I, I could see him around there. Uh, I, I think he could get some more power play time than people are expecting here, uh, this year as well. So, um, I I'm really excited to see what Bouchard can do. And, and everything we've heard from him has been great so far. Uh, he's obviously got the support of the team and the franchise. Dave Tippett seems to be a huge fan of his game and, uh, going so far as to calling him an X factor player for the Oilers this year. That's, that's pretty significant. So, um, I, I'm really excited to see what happens. Rick, how many goals for the old man, Boosh? When you first asked that question, I said eight in my head. And then Tyler said eight. And this is why when I do fantasy football drafts, I will not say the player's name in my head that I want to draft because I think that's all you'll be taking somehow. So what I'm going to do here, I'm just going to take the over eight and a half and we'll, we'll, we'll keep it simple. I'm going to go an even 10. I'm going to say Boosh wow. gets an even 10. It's lofty, but I think there. you can do it. Uh, which team is the least improved in the Pacific Division, Zach? got to be Calgary, right? Like, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, it just, they constantly seem to be so mediocre every single year. And I don't really think any of them, the off-seasons move, off-season moves that they've made here are really going to push them all that far forward. You know, Blake Coleman, yeah, he's a good player. Um, I like big him contract. as a player for sure. Big contract, right? It's a lot of money for a guy who um, is still rather unproven in, in the NHL. On the back end, they lose Giordano. That's a huge loss, huge loss for them. And they replace him with Nikita Zadarov and Erica Branson on the third pair. Man, I just, I don't think Calgary did a whole heck of a lot to improve their roster here this offseason. Rick, who's the least improved team in the Pacific Division? Um, this is going to sound weird because they're probably going to come in second, but I'm going with Vegas. Uh, I just don't think they've improved their team really at all in the offseason. I don't think they've taken very many swings. They lost a goaltender. Um, they've gotten older. It's the, 
the world against us that they've been living off of for the first couple of years of their career, of their, you know, the, of the organization's career there is kind of gone. So I'm going to say the Vegas Knights. Tyler. I actually love the pick of the Vegas Golden Knights. I have not been shy to shit on them, but I'm going to go with the team that actually didn't do anything in the entire off season. And that's the Anaheim ducks. Like they literally didn't do anything. They didn't add. I was Nick Delorier there last year. He might be the only guy who maybe they added. Other than that, they are running back the same defense. They are running back John Gibson and Anthony Stolarz between the pipes. Remember Anthony Stolarz um, <laughs> and their forward groups, the exact same. And like, I get that they'll have, you know, a young guy like Zegris and they got a guy like Max Comtois as well. But for the most part, they're just bringing back the same mediocre team as last year. And I don't get it. Um, you know, the LA Kings made some big strides. They got a lot better. San Jose didn't really do anything either. Like there's a lot of teams in the Pacific that I'm looking at and going, boy, you really didn't operate with a lot of urgency over this last off season, but the ducks are going to be my answer. Uh, I'll say Calgary because fuck Calgary, uh, moving along. Buster's pizza. Ask the idiots. A couple more questions here, boys. Let's wrap it up. Sticking with Calgary. Tyler, do you think the flames make the playoffs? Oh man. I have them right on the cut line. I no. I'm going to say they don't. I'm going to say the LA Kings get in over them. Zach, do the flames make the playoffs? Nope. Rick. Nope. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Oh, you're betting on it. I like that. I'm going to mm-hmm. say, yes, they'll get into the third spot in the Pacific because I think Jacob Markstrom will have a better year. And I think that'll probably carry them more than anything else in uh, that they did this year. Uh, last question. Ask the idiots for busterspizza.ca. Outside of the Oilers, which team are you excited to watch or at least keep an eye on? Tyler? I'm excited to see uh, what the New York Rangers get up to this year. I think uh, Shesterkin or Shestyarkin, I'm always going to butcher that. Uh, he's got the numbers, man. I think this guy could be in the Vesna conversation this year if he takes another step forward. That's how good I think he could be. Their blue line, they have the reigning Norris Trophy winner in Adam Fox up front. Lafreniere, Kako, maybe they take a step forward as well. They got Mika Sabinejad still kicking around. Um, Artemi Panarin, obviously. I think the Rangers could be really good this year. And I'm excited to see how they, how they compete in that division. Cause that's a tough, tough division. I'll jump in behind Tyler. I'm excited to watch Colorado. I just think they're the way they're built, the skill they have, they've got some really good players on the avalanche. So I'm looking forward to checking out a bunch of avalanche games this year. Zach, who are you keeping an eye on this year? Yeah, Colorado. That's going to be a fun one to watch. I think another interesting team as always is going to be Carolina. They've, uh, They've made some really interesting moves this offseason here. Uh, obviously, they brought in, you know, former Edmonton Oiler Ethan Bear. And they also made the big move bringing in Jesperi Kokani and Emmy. Um, I think it's really going to be interesting to see what they're able to put together this year and if they can uh, continue off of uh, what was a really good season for them last year. Two new goalies for them, and they lost Dougie Hamilton as well. That'll be interesting. Yeah, it is like it's, you know, it's it's going to be really interesting to see see what happens there. Like the Hamilton loss, I think might be a little bit more significant than than they kind of are expecting it to be. And and the goalie change, that's going to be big, too. Like they gave up Nedeljkovic for literally nothing, which was one of the strangest moves of the entire offseason. Um, they're going to be an interesting one to watch. I'm looking forward to seeing how that cock and Yemi, the obviously the offer sheet happened with Montreal. I'm just kidding. He, he got paid a lot of money for the player he is at this point. I'm looking forward to watching that one. Rick, team that you're looking, you're interested in keeping an eye on as the season goes on. 
Oh well, you know what? I like to keep an eye on some of the uh, some of the old old Oilers. I know we have a friend out in Buffalo, and we have a friend out in Chicago now, so I'll definitely keep an eye on those two teams. But in terms of watching an actual team outside, you know, of everybody says Colorado, I've always had a thing for uh, for I never really hated Boston that much. Um, I can't stand any other sports team in that city, but the Bruins. I have, for some reason I don't have a a hate on for them as much as everybody else. So. Uh, and then yeah, adding Taylor Hall back there, um, hopefully I'd like to see him kind of bounce back to where he, where he should be, where we kind of think he would be. And yeah, so they're they're kind of fun. Um, yeah, that's that's probably where I'm going, Boston. For BustersPizza.ca, there's the this week's version of Ask the Idiots. If you have a question, if you want to ask the boys a question, hit me up. Send me a DM on on Twitter at JSBM Bag Milk or on on Instagram at Hi, my name is Bag Milk. The reason I say that I don't want the boys to see the questions. That's how it works. I just throw these at them. I get their in-the-moment takes. Ask the idiots for busterspizza.ca. Before we get to the hot and cold performers of the week, I just want to talk to Tyler real quick. I want to give a plug to Blue Jays Nation Radio. Jays have a couple of handful of games left, a few games closing in on that last wild card spot. It's tight, Tyler. Tell us about the Jays. Three games to go against the bottom feeder Baltimore Orioles. If the Jays sweep the Orioles, they need both Seattle and Boston to lose one of their final three. Mariners are playing LA, the Angels, and Boston is playing the Nationals in Washington, so they have to play National League rules as well. No DH for Boston. Um, it's possible. Yank- and Yankees all lose all three. Or yeah, or the if Yankees it, could lose all three. If it fits into that one too, if it fits yeah. into that one. Um, if the Yankees lose all three, the Jays go three and zero, oh, and the Red Sox and Mariners each go two and one. I think at that point we would be in a scenario where there's like a fucked up four or five way, or there'd be a four way tie for the final two playoff spots. It'd be great. But even the scenario where the Yankees clinch the first wild card spot, and then we'd have a three way playoff between the Jays. Yankee or Jays, Mariners, and Red Sox, which would mean the Jays in that sense would probably have to win one, two, three, three consecutive sort of winning your in game, single game knockout. It's going to be wild, man. Major League Baseball, it doesn't happen every year, but once every couple of years, you get this scenario where there's like a handful of teams all competing right up until the last weekend. And it's fucking awesome. Big game baseball is so much fun. I was talking about this on Real Life. When there's a big game hockey, like when the Oilers are playing in the playoffs, I turtle. I sit back in my couch. I got kind of the jersey and hoodie (laughs) up over the face and I don't move. Big game baseball, I'm pacing. I'm like walking around my house. I cannot sit still. It's nerve wracking. Every pitch, you don't know know what's going to happen. I love it. I'm very excited for this weekend. Go Jays. As a big bandwagon guy. I've been watching a lot of Jays games over the last two, three months. I'd say it's, it's exciting. It's fun to come down to the wire and see them this close. Uh, Zach, before we end with the plug for blue Jays nation radio, you've been a big Jays guy all season. You're getting into it too. What are your thoughts on just how these last couple of weeks even have played out? Yeah, it's been great. It's exciting to watch, honestly. And this is really the first year that I've really followed blue Jays baseball. So uh, it, it's been great to see them going on a run here. It's been great to see the energy at Rogers Center. Uh, it's been great to see Coom and Tyler getting some games out there as well. So uh, it's been an absolute blast. And Bo Bichette, man, like it's been putting the team on his back here in the Big last Bichette week guy. or two. It's been absolutely awesome to see. 
Uh, Tyler, I'll wrap it up before I ask you when you guys record Blue Jays Nation Radio. Maybe I'll just check in on your co-host. I, I was talking to him this morning in our Slack <laughs> channel that Zach and I have with him. Coombsy's not feeling so great today. So maybe a little pep talk <laughs> is exactly what he needs about the Jays. But when do you guys record? How often does it come up? Every At the end of every single series. So as soon as that series with Baltimore is done, Coombsy and I will have a new episode of Blue Jays Nation Radio. Hopefully we get to do a few more and we get to do a bunch of... Uh, Hopefully we get to do a bunch of really, really good ones here as they head through all these single knockout games. So Sunday on Sunday night, Sunday night is coming out. Like either it's either going to be through the moon happy <laughs> or, you know, got the shovel and I'm heading out to the field to dig a hole in the ground sack. So yeah, is that yeah what it, it might come out Sunday Monday. Night? It might come out Monday knowing how Coombsy and I both like to nervous drink when we watch this team. So we'll see. Um, so but, you want to do, you want to do this podcast sober is what you're saying. You don't want to have like the, the joy or the, or the, or the sadness of Sunday roll into it. Uh, you want to give it a little night to sleep. Yeah, maybe that might be best, especially if it doesn't go well. You know what though? An emergency podcast. If things go well, that could be fun. Fair. Fair. That'd be fun. Again, if you are listening to this and you're following along with the Jays, check out Blue Jays Nation Radio and maybe give uh, Coombsy a showing of support on Twitter because my man <laughs> was not feeling so great after yesterday's loss against the Yankees. All right, let's wrap up this podcast with our hot and cold performers. First, I got to tell you about Deuce Vodka. If you go to DeuceVodka.com, there you see a handsome picture of Brett Kissel. Right there. There he is, front and center. Hold a bottle of Deuce Vodka, and you too can take some handsome pictures holding a bottle of Deuce Vodka if you click on the little store locator on the right side of the screen. That'll show you everywhere you can buy it, provided that you're of legal drinking age and enjoy responsibly. Deuce Vodka. It's a weekend. Make yourself a Caesar Sunday. Maybe you super beer yourself. I don't know. Ooh, is that a responsible thing to say? I don't know. Well, maybe have one of those and, and get an Uber. All right. Deuce Vodka, we, as we do every week, we start with our cold performers of the week. Tyler, get your buttons ready. I'm looking at Rick up first on my screen, so I will start with him. Rick, your Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week. Well, I think this one's an easy one. I think everybody would be jumping on board with it, but it's the Ukrainian Hockey League. Um, everything over there with that Gross. Uh, serious... Yeah, like the, the incident, they don't need to speak about it. I think everybody knows it. Um, I don't know how it gets fixed. Uh, I don't know who can come in and, and kibosh this and make it an actual penalty. Um, somebody needs to, but everybody in charge of that ruling, and I don't care if it fits the, the rule book says, but that, that doesn't matter at this point. The, 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 the penalty he got was absolutely ridiculous. Everybody involved here should be ashamed of themselves. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. Not much more you can really say. It was just gross. The, the, the incident was gross. The decision was gross. And awful. Just an awful showing for hockey from the Ukrainian league. Just fucking embarrassing, to be honest. Uh, Zach, your next up, Deuce Vodka, cold performer of the week. Uh, it's going to be Duncan Keith. Um, nobody cares that you didn't want to get the vaccine, Duncan. So uh, let's just go play some hockey and let's move on from this story. Oh, get cold. Tyler Gramchuk, Deuce Vodka, cold performer of the week. I'm going right back to what Rick said, and I'm going to put this one. I'm going to go a couple different ways with it. Uh, one on the double IHF, and I think they could have been much more strict in handing down a ban themselves here. And uh, they have a new president for really the first time in my life 
at the double IHF. And he had a chance to really set a tone here and say racism will not be accepted in our sport. And he totally dropped the ball. And also the Ukrainian league fired one of its general managers or the league's general manager of operations and basically told him, well, if the game wasn't on TV, there'd be no problem. All of this has been sick and just a it's just an absolute fucking joke. So I'm going back to this sound again. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. Uh, Deez uh cold performer of the week. I'm just going to tag along with Tyler and Rick. Just awful in every respect from the Ukrainian league. Just the dude shouldn't be playing anymore. Yeah, that's it. And the fact that he's got a slap on the wrist, like even the fine, the, the suspension was stupid. It was three games plus 10, or he could pay a fine and get out of it. And I know there's some clarification on how that actually worked. Everything about it was stupid. The Ukrainian league should be embarrassed. Uh, like Tyler said, the IIHF, the, they could have made an example of this so that it never happens again. And the fact that they did not is shameful and embarrassing. And it's just gross. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. All right, let's finish off with some positives. Deusvaka, hot performer of the week. Let's finish the podcast off with some highlights. I'm going to go first. I'm selfish. My Deusvaka, hot performer of the week is Nation Dan. He's not here today. He's not here today, but he's in Vegas. He didn't tell a soul, by the way, that he was going down there to get married. We knew he was going to Vegas on a little vacay with his missus. Did not know the guy was getting married. So... I'm endlessly happy for Dan and Mandy. They're a great couple. They're great people. And I was thrilled for him when the news came out, when they announced that they actually got married down there in Vegas. So Nation Dan, you are my hot performer of the week. It's getting hot in here. Love the Nelly. He had a countdown going too on his Instagram, like a super ominous little like sneaky countdown. He, you know what? He kept that one tight to his vest. That was a surprise for everybody. And then he even had Bob Cole as part of the video to do the announcement. Like what? Yeah, he did some good work there. He did some real good work there. So shout out to Dan. Uh, Tyler, you're next up. We got a new teammate here at Oilers Nation. And today was her first official day. So I want to give some love to Kennedy, who's going to be our new video producer. If you've been paying attention to Daily Faceoff, there have been a bunch of really good announcements to announce uh, some of the new talent joining the team there. Kennedy killed every single one of those videos. Uh, her first official day is today. So welcome to the team, Kennedy. Put some respect on my name. Go follow her on Twitter. You know what? Kennedy is the best. Not only will she be doing some video work for us, she's also going to be doing graphic design for us as well. Go check her out on Twitter at Kennedy Strash. S-T-R-A-S-H. Follow her on Twitter. She's a great follow. Loves the Oilers. Super talented. Excited <laughs> to have her on the team. Isn't it just Kennedy's trash? Because that's, that's definitely not her last was. name, right? Kennedy's oh, trash. wow. That, no, I knew that's not her last <laughs> name. I didn't know what it was. I was going to ask. I thought we had another dangerous Wade situation going on here with me. That's exactly dangerous a dangerous Wade. Wade situation. I know that's not her last name. I wasn't going to say her last yeah. name on the podcast, but I was just yeah. like, oh, that makes way more sense. You know what? When you mash them together, this is a dangerous Wade situation. Kennedy, Kennedy's trash. Tyler, hit me up with a cold performer button just because I can't read. So my ability to read is another cold performer of the week. I'm upset. I'm not upset. I'm dumb. Okay. <laughs> so Kennedy, yes. Kennedy's trash. Strash. I was legitimately reading it. Kennedy's trash. I'm like, well, I don't know what that means, but all right. <laughs> Zach, you're next up. Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week. 
Uh, my hot performer of the week is going to be the blue skies in Edmonton today. This has been absolutely gorgeous here this last uh, couple of weeks. I'm a big fall guy. And uh, as we all know, it is soup season, folks. And it is my favorite time of the year. I like this right here. Always love soup season. I am a year-round soup guy, just like I know Zach is. Uh, Rick, you're next up. Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week. First of all, I'd like to say I don't want to take any comments, but soup is overrated. Um, but my hot <laughs> performer, my hot performer, get Rick off the podcast. <laughs> I want you have a, you have two beverages for for dinner. Come on, oh, um, two beverages. Uh, hot performer is going to whoever made the decision to bring the Canadian men's national team to Edmonton in November to play uh, two teams from South or sorry from Central America, I believe it is Mexico, and I'm not sure what the other team was. But to see Alfonso come home, get to see that 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 team come play in Edmonton. With uh, with our weather in November, uh, I think it's great for the city. I think it's great for the uh, the, the country, and uh, I'm very excited. I'm definitely going to try and help out for one of those games. Pour it on. Uh, speaking of that, Zach, uh, that Jack Michaels drop. I was just happy to hear Jack calling a game again the other day. It, oh, just, it, it makes so me good. happy, you know. Nature it's is the only downfall. Of, it's the only downfall of going to the game. Yeah, as you don't get to hear Jack. All right, there you have it. So for all of us here on the podcast, I'm Bag Milk, Tyler Remchuk, Zach Lang, and Rick. We are thanking you for being here with us again on your Friday. We also want to thank our friends at DoorDash, Sherwood Ford, Cornerstone Insurance, Deuce Falcon, Buster's Pizza for making all of this possible. And most importantly, Kennedy's Trash on Twitter. <laughs> Kennedy's Trash on Twitter. Go follow her. She's great. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you guys for welcoming us into your lives. Please tell a friend, coworker, cousin, uncle, auntie, whatever. Oilers Nation Radio, new episodes come up every Friday. Whenever you listen, we thank you. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ON Radio Podcast. Leave reviews. Didn't get to any this week, but I will catch up next week. I promise. That's episode 160 of Oilers Nation Radio. Have a great weekend, everybody. Go follow Kennedy's Trash. Shout out Nation Dan for getting married. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.